This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Jones! Touchdown! Raiders! I'm not a big gambler. I only play the slots. Because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone! has not coached since 2008. So what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? You are listening to Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our good friends at Bet Online, and also our added sponsors this week, the NFL Sunday Ticket and Thera One CBD. I'm Fallon Smith. My guy James Jones will join me in just a second, but first I want to go over a few things. So we are taping this on Thursday afternoon, August 20th. This week, the Raiders are finally in pads. It's a beautiful thing, of course. So we're going to go over some news and notes, and then I'm going to compare Carr's weapons from the 2016 season and Carr's weapons now. And then we are going to wrap up with some Raider Nation mailbag. So some news real quick. Trent Brown, he missed another practice. I think this was his seventh straight missed practice. Now, on Monday, John Gruden played coy with the media. He said, you know, he'll be back in a few days. Well, guess what? It's been a few days. He's not back. Um, The good news is there is a ton of depth on the O-line, but he is the guy that you want starting at right tackle, of course. Um, Also, Gruden told the media, you know, he's been really impressed with Derek Carr so far, that Derek Carr is throwing the ball great. He has great command. And reporters who are there witnessing practice, they're saying the same thing, saying that he looks sharp. He looks great. And they're also saying Marcus Mariota has struggled. (laughs) So I'm not really surprised with that considering, you know, all the offseason workouts were canceled, and of course he's learning a new system. Uh, but basically, for all you Derek Carr haters out there, there's no quarterback controversy in Las Vegas. There isn't one. Derek Carr is your starting quarterback. 
period. Gruden also said, you know, the defense looks a lot faster this year. You know, after his first look at the defense in pads, he noticed right away they look faster. Um, He said the defensive line specifically, you know, looks great is having a great camp so far, and a ton of praise has been given to Rod Marinelli for that, of course. Um, Arden Key is a guy that people are talking about. Apparently he has looked great as well, playing with the chip on his shoulder, uh, something to prove this year, of course. And overall, in regards to the team, you know, John Gruden said, we still have a long way to go, but so far there is a lot to like and a lot to be excited about. Now, with that said, time now to bring in my guy, James Jones. So how's everything going in Arizona, James? Arizona is good living out here, man. I'm just hanging. Uh, I've been sitting here because I've been some work all day for the network. So I've just been posted up, looking at a computer like I'm on virtual school like the kids, you know, <laughs> going crazy. You know, but other than that, it's all good. <laughs> well, you know, I had to get you while you were in work mode because if I did it, then we probably wouldn't have a podcast this week. So with that said, um, I just finished up some news and notes. And Derek Carr, he's having a great camp. I know you're not surprised at all with that. But with the revised training camp, no offseason, first week in pads, you think everybody on the roster is kind of turning it up a notch, you know, knowing there's not going to be a preseason and there's going to be a ton of tough cuts that the staff has to make. Absolutely. And especially with no with no preseason like you like you spoke on. I mean, that's going to be tough. I mean, it's really going to let the league know what kind of coaches we have, talent evaluators we have, because I've been in a bunch of systems to where these offensive players, Players come out as the players where you know you're not going to get hit. You know you don't got to attack nobody and take them down to the ground. And you look like all-world players out there. Then the lights come on in games and you go out there and you're like, man, this dude is garbage. You know what I mean? No wonder he got drafted here or went free in there. You know what I mean? I'm making no in the game, but he's a practice all-star player. And then you got the guy who so swell in practice and coming out when them lights come on and you like, he is a baller. You know, so these coaches with no preseason games and you to do these little inner squad scrimmages and you know you got to expect some guys to you know really you know shine out there and step up you know, it, it's going to be tough to put your football team together it's going to be interesting to see man so you really gonna have to do a lot if you're a young player that's on the bubble or you know a late round draft pick to, to make these ball clubs this training camp and you also hope that there's no season-ending injuries during camp, especially because we've seen league-wide there have been a ton of injuries, and injuries at camp, not really a new thing. But do you think that plays uh, a factor, James, that they didn't have an off-season or just kind of all a part of camp? Oh, absolutely. For the coaches, it plays a big part because you got to understand that you have some workout warriors who are going to hit the off-season and you know, they're going to take a couple weeks off and they're going to get back in and they're going to grind. And then you have those other guys who are like, man, the offseason is my offseason. I'm in Bahamas. I'm in I'm in Jamaica. I'm in Cancun. <laughs> I'm traveling. I'm chilling. I'm not I'm not working out. So as a coach, you're getting all those guys. So you got to come in and you got to really bring everybody up to speed, you know, very slow because you don't want nobody to have the little hamstring injuries like we're seeing with, with uh, Tyreek Hill and, you know, uh, Hopkins. And, you know, you don't want to see those injuries, you know, now the ACLs and, the you know, sprained ankles and all that, that's something that you can't, you can't really, you don't have no control over, but the pulled yeah. hamstrings and the pulled muscles and things like that, you know, that has to be, that comes from not training so hard in the off season and you get out here in training camp and you go a little too hard, you pull a hammy. So as for the coaches, you know, it's, it's going to be big that they make their schedule around the players and everybody the same. And if you one of those guys who worked out extremely hard, 
I mean, you just got the benefit of, you know, getting a little bit of extra rest until it starts getting, you know, deep in the water and you start grinding like that. But you got to bring everybody up to speed so you don't lose anybody. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, Gruden has been really impressed by Derek Carr. It also helps, you know, that Carr has a ton of weapons to throw to this season and a ton of guys to make plays for him, vice versa. So with that said, the weapons at Carr's disposal has been the talk of training camp. It's gotten a ton of people hyped, including yours truly. And of course, James Jones, all you guys know, he's calling this offense a Ferrari. So I want to do a little comparison from the 2016 playoff team to now. So I'm going to go by position on offense, 2016 versus 2020. So 2016, we're going to start with wide receiver, James Jones's favorite position. Uh, 2016, Michael Crabtree. Amari Cooper, Seth Roberts, Andre Holmes, Johnny Holton. Now, mind you, Crabtree and Cooper both had 1,000 yards receiving that year each, okay? So you got 2020, Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, Nelson Aguilar, Keelan Doss, Marcel Aitman, Rico Gafford. Now, just reading that off right now, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, there is going to be a ton of talent that does not make the roster. And in my opinion, James, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you're only as good. I know this sounds corny and a little cliche, but I think you're only as good as your weakest link. And Johnny Holton was number five, the Mm -hmm. number five receiver in 2016. And in my opinion, the dude's that are going to get cut this year are a lot more talented than Johnny Holton. So with that said, and the potential of the top receivers, you know, in 2020 is scary. So I'm going to go with 2020. Well, for me, you know, it's tough for me to say that that roster at wide receiver is better than the 2016, because I'm looking at what Amari Cooper's doing. I looked at what Crabtree was and what he was doing at the time. Andre Holmes that showed us that he can make splash plays. Seth Roberts that showed us that he can make some plays. For me, it's kind of a tough question right now because a lot of these guys that we're depending on for this season, 2020, are rookies. And haven't played And we yet. haven't seen them make plays in the National Football. So, you know, on paper, when you look at it and you see their college tape, you're like, oh, shoot, yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? This 2020 roster is much better, you know. But then when you look at it, like, okay, sure, you talk about 2,000-yard receivers who proved the National Football League going up against the best corner, you know, for a long time in their career following them guys and things like that. It's tough. So if these rookies could come out and they could make plays and they could do their job the way everybody's talking about them, then, yeah, I like the 2020. But that's Strictly right now, if you ask me that question, I'm like, shoot, give me 2016. And I've seen what they did in 2016, too. (laughs) Give me 2016. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Hey, it's promising over there, you know, if these guys can live up to the hype and live up to what people think they they are, man. So it'll it'll be fun to see. Let's just say 2020's receiving core has a lot more potential than the 2016 receiving core a lot more potential james it's very close <laughs> okay i didn't i didn't realize the 20, i didn't realize the 2016 receiving core was that talented man that's a talented bunch like from top to bottom when you say seth roberts and andre holmes is your three and four receiver 
you can't really go to too many other teams that said they got three or four receivers that made plays like they made plays. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on top, you got Coop and Coop and Crab. It, it, it's yeah. tough. So, that, that's true. You know, let's just say even comparing that, even comparing the 2020 group to that group. Yeah. Hey, you you in good company. That's that's true. And we've seen what the good thing is is we've seen what Derek Carr did with that 2016 group. That's the so whole if point. He did that, yes. With that group then he should be able to do the same with this group. Yes, yeah. and we can't forget, you know, and I sometimes, I think, forget, Seth Roberts made a ton of clutch plays for the Raiders that season. So ton of plays. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, now let's go to the running backs. Okay, now this has to be a no-brainer, J.J. Okay, <laughs> so running backs, 2016. You had Latavius Murray, Jameez Alawale, you had Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, who were both rookies at the time, right? So now you got 2020. Josh Jacobs, Rod Smith, now veteran Jalen Richard. You have Lynn Bowden Jr., who, by the way, can play wide receiver and quarterback. And you also have Devontae Booker, who's apparently been turning some heads at camp. He looks good at camp so far. No comparison because 2020 all day just on Josh Jacobs alone. Yeah, it's not close. It's not close. <laughs> I don't even gotta get amped. I don't even gotta get amped up for this. Yeah, it's not close, <laughs> it's right? It's not close. Yeah. 2020, 2020 easy, and especially running behind this old line that he running behind. But but 2020 easy. I mean, it, they're just too versatile. I mean, you got Josh Jacobs and Powell can catch it too, and then you got you know Jalen Rashard who can do anything you want in the passing game. You know, you got you got the rookie uh, Bowden Jr. that motion out wide, put him in the slot. We ain't seen him running between the tackles yet, but I'm sure he could do that. But it's just too much versatility there that 2020 has, man. And you could put them all on the field at the same time if you wanted to because they're so versatile. So yeah. I'm sure they'll have a couple packages like that. But, yes, 2020 all day. Okay, this is another no-brainer. has to be tight ends. <laughs> 2016, Lee Smith, Clive Walford. Michael Rivera versus 2020, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Jason Witten, Derek Carrier. I don't even think we got to talk about this group. 2020. <laughs> yeah, 2020, 2020. If they didn't have Darren Waller in there, then we could have a discussion. Exactly. Darren Waller's in there. Exactly. It's, no it's like you have one of the best tight ends in the National uh, Football League. Yeah. Sorry, we got to go with 2020. Yeah. Okay, it's now this is a very good debate. This one is offensive line. Yeah. 2016, you had Donald Penn, Kalechi Osemele, Rodney Hudson, all pro bowlers at the time, those three guys. Gabe Jackson, Austin Howard, right? Considered one yeah. of the best, if not the best, offensive lines that year. Yeah. So now 2020, you got Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, now Gabe, often injured these days. Then you have Trent Brown, who, by the way, has missed – camp so far i think this is like day seven but hopefully he's okay now last year Carr was sacked 29 times fourth fewest among quarterbacks now the problem was they weren't all on the field at the same time right much because of injuries but if they can all stay on the field at the same time they're going to be pretty dangerous they do have a ton of depth um so if we're going to be comparing depth i will go with 2020 um and honestly if they could all stay healthy they can be better than that 2016 team I don't know which way I'm going. I'm just going to say 2016 just because, I don't know. <laughs> just to be different. Uh, for me, this is not even close. <laughs> okay. And for me, it, it's 2020 because oh, you were on a roll. Dang. You were on a roll when you said DP, Donald Penn. You had, 
You had Osimley, you had Hudson, you had Gabe, and then er, Austin Howard. Oh, and that yeah. is the weak oh, yeah. point. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're that right. is the weak point in the offensive line. And I'm only speaking like that because I've played with Austin Howard and I've seen people blow by him time after time after time. They try to put him at guard and they try to put him at back. I move him to the front side and then try to move him to the blind. Yeah, right. It's just too much. So I'm going to go with 2020 strictly because I know that in this division, you have Von Miller, you have Frank Clark, you have Chubb, you have Bosa, Bosa you got Ingram. So you need both them tackles to be on point and to be able to protect their car. So I love the offensive line they have right now. I'm taking 2020 over 2016. Hey, you know what? I feel bad though, bro, because I was like, I didn't want to hate on Austin Howard, but you're right. And I have to go back on what I said. You're only as good as your weakest link. So you're right. I got to go with 2020. Absolutely. And you're not hating. You're not hating. You're just keeping it 300. Don't stop keeping it 300, Austin Howard. Okay, you're right. Got to stay to stay. Now, I will say this. This year's depth, a whole lot better than 2016's depth. There's so many guys. I think David Sharp, Denzel Good, Jordan Devy, a bunch of guys that you could plug in. Um, and I think Sam Young, yeah, that he was the swing tackle was having is having a great camp so far. John Gruden is impressed by him. So I think that 2020 also has a ton of depth. So I'm more confident, I guess you would say, entering the season with 2020's offensive line, even if a guy like Trent Brown is injured. So uh, we shall see. I'm pretty excited to see what they can do this year. Um, bottom line, though, is on paper. When we break it down like this, JJ, as we did, I think you said the only difference was the receiving core, correct? I think you only picked 2016's re- receiving core. That's it, right? Yeah, and it's close. And it's close just because the, the rookies are unproven, you know? So, but basically, yes, their car and the star power in this offense, man, is unbelievable, man. But we all know, Fallon, we can, we can compare these receivers to 2016 this o-line to 2016 we all know if they want success it has to come from the other side, side of, of the, the ball <laughs> period Derek Carr could go out there and he could throw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and win MVP and the Raiders if the defense don't step up could still be sitting here looking at eight and eight nine and seven Mm-hmm. especially with the teams in their division and in this AFC. So you have to be able to go out there and stop some of these offenses, man, from scoring points, man. And, and you need to get some turnovers to get this ball back to Derek Carr. Because if not, it don't matter what the offensive side of the ball brings. I've been on dynamic offenses with the Packers, whereas me, Jordy, Donald, Randall, Jermichael Finley, Eddie Lacy in the backfield. And I've seen us put up 35, 40 points and come out of there with an L. You know what I mean? So you got to step up on the defensive side of the ball if you want to have the success that you want to have, and that's getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and the whole point of me doing that was just to tell people, look, this roster looks scary. The offensive side of the ball looks scary. In 2016, Derek Carr had an MVP-like campaign, so his the potential for what he can do with this offense should get – give Raider Nation some hope. It should get you guys pumped up. And then to add to that, the upgrades that they did make on the defensive side of the ball should really put this Raiders in great position to make some noise. And then one more thing. So I just came I just came off the TV uh, inside training camp and we had an interview with Derek Carr, me and, da- me and David, oh. Derek's brother. Oh. And 
I said, I asked him the question. I said, everybody wants to talk about Henry Ruggs, you know, as they should, because he's the first round pick. But I'm like, what other receiver out there is like catching your eye? And he mentioned, I'm drawing a. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Brian Edwards. Yes, he said Brian Edwards. Is that South Carolina? Yes, okay. and that's exactly okay. So, hold on, hold on. Okay, fine. So he, so I said, give me another guy that's really turning heads, that's been making plays at the receiver position, you know, other than you know, rugs, you know, uh, rugs. And he said Brian Edwards, and he told, he just said on TV, he said Brian Edwards, JJ reminds me of you. Ooh. I could throw, throw the ball anywhere. And he could go up and get the ball. And he said, just even early in training camp, he said, I have so much confidence in this kid that it don't matter who's on him. Just if I give him a shot, he's going to go up and make a play. And he said, that's kind of what I have with you. Hey, you'll go up and make a play. Same with Crabtree. he go up and make a play. So I'm like, dang, you just told the world that Brian Edwards is the best offensive player on the football team because you compared him to me. You know? <laughs> You know, but I just, I just think that's huge. Like, you got a speedster on the other side. You still have Tyrell Williams and Hunter Winfrey, and then you are building a chemistry with Brian Edwards and saying that this guy can make all the tough grabs and he ain't got to have his separation. And that separation ball go over there, he makes the play. So so that, that's big time, man. I said, well, I, that means he got real good hands if he reminds you of me. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag all hands team. And actually, I'm going to talk about Brian Edwards um, when we come back after the break because – there are some questions from Raider Nation that have to do with some some sleeper guys. And it's funny because I mentioned Brian Edwards a couple weeks ago when we were talking about him being a still in the draft because I watch a lot of SEC football. So I already knew that he was going to be a still and be a great player, dominant player, big body receiver. And guess what, James? He's number 89. 89. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying. All right. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's going on, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Raider Cody. Bet you guys are just as surprised as I am right now to hear me. I'm keeping it 300, but I'm here to deliver a message from Blue Wire, and that's Therowin CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from Therowin's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, Therabody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits using CBD in his treatments. He then created Therawan to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. Therawan tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it all back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com 
com slash blue wire but only until labor day go right now to t-h-e-r-a-g-u-n dot com slash blue wire and sunday sunday sundays are coming back in the nfl with nfl sunday ticket tv you can stream every live out of market nfl game every sunday afternoon on your favorite devices plus red zone and direct tv fantasy zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players no matter where you live nfl sunday ticket tv is your key to the most glorious sundays ever use the promo code blue wire at checkout to get 15 percent off your subscription Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE for your 15% off. Now, back to you, Fallon. All right, thank you so much, Cody. Now, for those of you who may not know, Cody is also part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, so make sure you subscribe to the Raider Cody Podcast. If you're a Raiders fan, you will not regret it. It is some good, good stuff, and Cody is awesome. So go support. Time now for Raider Nation Mailbag. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. We're going to start with at Soccer Sophist. So he wrote, welcome back, Fallon and James. Missed you guys. We missed you guys too. Um, How do you think the draft will be impacted by college conferences moving and canceling their seasons? Well, let me first say this, James. Let's say guys don't play at all, right? So basically you are saying that teams have to draft guys in 2021 that haven't played football Mm -hmm. since December of 2019 or January of 2020, if they, of course, made a bowl game. So that's basically a year and a half away from football. And for kids that were hoping to make a big leap in their senior seasons, you know, they're not going to get the chance to show NFL teams, you know, what they're they're all about. So I hope there is football. I'm pretty bummed that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have postponed their seasons. I don't even know if they're actually going to play in spring. So so we'll see. Um, I also want to know, James, like if you have two of the Power Five conferences not playing, how are you going to have a national champion? Like this is crazy. Yeah, this, I don't even know where to start with this question because it sucks for so many people. Yeah. And number one, I'm going to start off for the high school kids. It sucks for the high school kids because I believe some schools are talking about giving guys a years back. Yep. So if you're coming out of high school and you're like, hey, I want to go here and this guy's going to be gone next year and now all of a sudden he's still going to be there, that's different. And then – from the standpoint of college, like if you're not a bo- if you didn't have a big time junior year and you're not a bona fide first rounder yeah. and you, you had a decent junior year and the scouts know about you, but now it's time for your senior year and it's really your show and you can come out and show the world what you have, you don't have that opportunity. Mm. You know, so basically scouts are going off of everybody's junior co- junior junior year tape or, you know, previous year tape. You know, to to basically say, all right, we're drafting this kid in this round and that round, man. That that's gonna be tough, and it sucks for the players, man. It, it really it really does. And I mean, I, I'm glad that I'm not, you know, in this situation right now because as for me, I had a decent junior year. All the scouts knew about me, but my senior year is when they all came to practices and was like, okay, is this guy really the guy that we think he is? You yeah. know what I mean? And these these guys coming out of these schools do not have that opportunity you know the mountain west pushed theirs back we don't know if they're gonna play so san jose state boise all them you know schools like that i mean should we just we talking about Derek Carr, fresno state like you know yeah you, you you need these years you know so so that's gonna be tough man i don't i don't know how they're gonna do it i i want them to, to be able to 
give these guys their year back, you know, and then, but like I said, it hurts the kids coming out of high school. You know what I mean? So I don't know how they're going to work it. Um, I think it's stupid to have some conferences play and some conferences not play. I just think if, if, if the conference is canceled, I think every conference can cancel. And whenever we get this thing restarted, everybody should get it restarted at the, at the same time, because it's not fair that if, Alabama and those guys get to play and, and USC and UCLA don't. I mean, mm-hmm. what about the kids? So that means that the kids that played at Alabama and all that going to get drafted, but more than the kids from, from UCLA just because they got the opportunity to play. That's not fair. So I think they should postpone or cancel them all, and we'll revisit this whole college football season when it's time to revisit it. But it, it, it's, just in, it's just a bad situation. And do you think it for the NFL, if they do play in spring, wouldn't you say, okay, let's – move the draft that's even tough on the players too because you're like okay you move it to spring you play a whole season and then if you make it to the nfl you right back at playing oh yeah that's true too you know, oh yeah, yeah that's actually true i just didn't think about <laughs> you were right yeah, thing you know you right in the training camp and you playing 16 more games yeah. i mean that's just the injury that can happen to people and how tired your body can be i mean man that's 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 rough oh yeah i guess i didn't even think about it that way that's tough you need a long off season when you're a football player getting... yeah and then not only that you move it to spring when you start the next college season yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh yeah exactly <laughs> you know? yeah i mean these players have to go back to back and play more games that's that's tough yeah. I and mean, go to the nfl and play more games when they rest that's crazy you know so i Oh, no. All right. Well, moving on. Great question. At A.E. Garcia 9762 wants to know and says, Zay Jones spent a lot of time with D.C., you know, this offseason, but no one is mentioning him. Is he still set to be a Raider? Hashtag keeping it 300. Great question. Um, I think that obviously building a relationship, uh, building that chemistry this offseason with D.C. can help, obviously, because then they'll stand out at camp, yada, yada, yada. But then I thought about him like, holy cow. I forgot about Zay Jones. This is like a ridiculously stacked position here at wide receiver. So I think that the Raiders have to keep six guys. And I think that he, he'd he be one of them. Ruggs, Williams, Renfro, Jones, Edwards, and Aguilar. I think Keelan Doss, Aitman, and Gafford will be the, the odd men out, right? You know, yeah. Man, like I said, it, it's, t- it's tough coming into this training camp. I mean, because like I said, there is no preseason to see what these young fellas can do. Like, we all seen Keelan Doss last year. You're right. We seen him live, in games, in preseason. That's why everybody was bummed that he didn't make the team in the first place because, you know what I mean, he made a lot of plays in training camp in preseason. So I'm assuming he's going to go out in this training camp in year two and make more plays, you know, and have more and have more opportunities to make plays. So it's going to be tough at this wide receiver position who you keep, you know. Because obviously, if you put Keelan Dawson on practice squad again, he's gone. You yeah, know what I mean? If, if 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 you cut him, so you know, hey, the Raiders had a hands full, just like all the other teams. So I really don't know who you can keep right now, man, because it's going to be close. You it's know? a good it's problem to have, though. It's a good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have, but at the same time, man, you hate losing good players too. But hey, you know, if you lose a good player, keep a good player. You got to live with that. Well, with that said, sticking with the Zay Jones topic, it kind of goes into our next question. Glenn Finazzi wants to know, so far Zay Jones looks like he's been putting in work this offseason. If it comes down to these two for the last wide receiver spot, who makes the roster? Nelson Aguilar or Zay Jones? Man. 
It, it to me, to me, I feel like Zay Jones is a no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's the question I can't answer because I just I feel like I feel like they have a couple Nelson. I feel like they have a couple Zay Jones on the team, and I feel like I feel like Zay Jones and uh, what's my man name eighty nine Edwards. Uh, Brian Edwards, Edwards. And, and Brian Edwards and um and Tyrell Williams, I feel like they all kind of do the same stuff. You know what I mean? Like built the same, you know, run the same routes on the outside. Then when you start talking about Nelson, you're like, okay, this dude plays in the slot. If he's healthy, it's a lot of speed in the slot. To go with a lot of speed on the outside with Henry Ruggs, to go with a lot of speed at the tight end position in Darren mm-hmm. Waller. Then you have your route runner. Then you have your route runners on the other side in the Tyrell Williams and the Edwards and things like that. And Zay Jones falls in that boat. So I just feel like from from a scheme standpoint and offensive standpoint, I probably would rather, and this is tough for me to say because I love Zay Jones, but I probably would rather keep Nelson Aguilar just because I feel like he's going to give you more in the slot, mm. you know, and and be able to open that thing up even more. You know, because if you got your third corner on Nelson Aguilar in the slot and we running all type of crazy routes and all that with his speed and things like that, and you got to worry about Henry Ruggs on the outside with his speed and Darren Waller with his speed. Oh, shoot. You got to worry about the run game as well, running behind him. You know, that that that's something else. You know, Zay Jones don't really put fear in people speed-wise. Mm. Zay Jones kind of... Zay Jones kind of like me, you know, you're going to catch, you're going to run great routes, you ain't going to put no fear in people, but you're going to catch the rock, you know, and, and make plays. But I feel like they have more guys like, like that, that on the team right now. Yeah. So yeah. I would take now Aguilar. Ooh, that, that's that's a good way to put it, man, when you break it down like that. It is, but it, it's tough. He fits a little better, allows John Gruden to do a lot more, um, and especially because we are trying to match speed with speed in the conference, in the division yeah. against uh, KC. So, yeah, you need the speed. Okay, um, at Leo6 Carrillo, I have a sense that Brian Edwards is James Jones's sleeper pick. <laughs> and my response to that was, because you already heard what James Jones just said, because Derek Carr told him that, you know, basically he's a sleeper. I said last week on the Raider Cody podcast that he was my sleeper pick. I said, watch out, that he is going to be a dominant receiver, that he is going to start week one and kick out Tyra Williams. Sorry, your boy. Ooh. You have to see him play. And I'm telling you, Derek Carr, for him to come out and say that on national TV, just saying. Anyways, um, he's what, 6'3", 2", I think he's like 2'10", 2'12", something like that. Again, I watched a lot of SEC football. James Jones, the highlight reel catches that he made yeah. were just insane. And then he gets a ton of what? Yak. Okay? Yeah. So just let me, just let me tell you, let me, let me share a little story real quick. He is absolutely the person to watch out for. But what I'm saying is you said starting week one. I think it will. That's not going to happen. He will be the third receiver coming in week one. And a coach always told me, you know, I made a lot of plays, you know, when I was a young player. And he was like, you making a lot of plays right now, but that dude in front of you making a lot of money. So uh, I <laughs> that is a very so, good way. Cause I think what he got paid so, like 10 mil or something. This yeah. Week. So no mm-hmm. matter how many plays you making, like, this dude made the team this year, so that he's making a lot of money. So you're gonna have to come in. <laughs> you're gonna Politics. have to come in after him. Politics. You know what I mean? That's, that's just the name of the game. So 
I love it. I hope he balls, but Tyrell Woods making too much money. He's going to run out there. Eee, okay, po- politics. I like it. But um, <laughs> And as you guys know, a foot injury actually kept him out of the combine, hence why his stock dropped. And then because of COVID, pro days were canceled. Teams couldn't bring him in. So I'm excited to see what he could do. Uh, this year. So moving on at Real Alex Valerio. Um, if the Raiders stay healthy at key positions and make the playoffs, how deep can they go? Well, James, I'm going to say this. I, I learned something from you. You have always told me once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. It is just about getting into the playoffs. Now, however, you have a team in the AFC, in your division, who just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> you still, you know, they still have the same firepower on both sides of the ball. You know, we're talking about the Chiefs. So you're going to have to go through them eventually. So I don't see them being able to beat them this year quite yet. So I, in my opinion, it just depends on seeding, you know. They could, in my opinion, win a game or two, but only if they don't face them, you know, the first, in like the second round or whatever of the playoffs. Because in my opinion, they'll get probably the top seed in the AFC. And so they'll have the first round by. But anyway. Out of all those people we just named. Yeah. And comparing 2016 to 2020. Yeah. You say they don't got no chance against the Chiefs this year. Hold on. You told me. Hey, please don't even try oh, to say that they have a chance. No, no, no. Because you said they are a couple years off from competing and beating the Chiefs. Now, I think that they have a chance. I just don't think they're there yet because we haven't seen what they have on defense. We know what the Chiefs have on defense. And we know what they have on offense. We don't know what the Raiders have on defense. Who plays corner for the Chiefs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just talking about up front. Yeah. I could name some of their defensive linemen, their edge rushers. Okay. Actually, that's a good if point. You, I'm name, you could name one guy on in their secondary, and that's the Honey Badger. Tyron Matthews, that's you know, all. And, and that's it. So, you know, hey, the Chiefs got some problems and some weaknesses on their defense. No, they they do. They do. Do they got a Ferrari on offense over there in Kansas yeah, City? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Are they tough to stop? We all know that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, when when we said, hey, can the Raiders compete? We didn't know they was going to end up with all this. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they, they ended up with a lot. So, you know, my thing is, is division games is tough to win. Uh, no, no matter no matter what, no matter how you want to think it. Even the year that we were stinky poo-poo caca, uh, D.C.'s rookie year, our division games were extremely close. We may have lost them in the fourth quarter, but going into that fourth quarter, our division games were extremely close. They They are tough to win. So, I'm kind of waiting to see. And this Corona stuff makes it a little bit tougher, too, because it ain't no, ain't no Chiefs kingdom in the stands. This is no, all true. who can bring their own mojo. What coaches going to play teams amped up, ready to play, you know, the most? You know, it don't matter if it's cold. It ain't nobody in the stands in Kansas City, you know? So this is basically <laughs> a, glor- a glorified scrimmage that we got right here. You know? so who's going to play the best? So this, this season is going to be a little different. We'll see. Couple more. Um, at B Daddy seven oh seven. How do late round and undrafted guys um, get themselves noticed by the coaches to make the team with no preseason games this year? Well, you gotta turn some heads <laughs> during padded practices. Gotta make some plays. Gruden actually said this week, James. I listened to his uh, press conference. He said, you know, these padded practices will be the deciding factor on who is going to make the team. And he said, you know, they're going to hold some live drills, you know, to see some of the guys in action just because there isn't, you know, any preseason games. And they'll have to see, you know, on defense, pe- people tackle it, you know, one-on-one um, during these live drills. But, yeah, during these padded practices, you have to turn some heads. 
you know what I think it's going to take? Uh, everybody has probably seen the movie Rudy, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, Rudy ain't had no preseason game. Rudy just went out to practice every single day, and he treated it like a game. His teammates hated him because he went so hard. You're doing too much out here at practice, man. It's practice. Why are you going so hard? You're trying to make me look bad out here. <laughs> and I'm the star. That's what it's going to take. Ain't no preseason yeah. games. You got to go out there every day basically saying, I hate everybody on the Oakland Raiders. I'm coming out <laughs> here to dominate because I got to make this team. I don't got no preseason game to go out there and hate these other teams. So basically every time I come out on this football field, I hate y'all. Y'all are the Cleveland Browns today, even though that I'm going up against small team. And I got I to gotta let the coaches know that this is what I can do. And I, my teammates need to know when I step up there, like, all right, man, here comes James again. This dude ain't playing. He going 110 miles behind practice. Absolutely right. Because I'm a free yeah. agent. <laughs> and I got to show these coaches what I can do every single play. It ain't no playoff. It ain't no, hey, Henry Ruggs, oh, man, hey, don't trip. You know what I'm yeah. No, 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 no. Henry Ruggs on the team. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. If Henry Ruggs go out there and drop 37 balls in one practice and 20 balls the next practice, he walking out there with the start. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't got you don't you don't have you don't have that luxury, no. you know, being a free agent, late round pick. So every single day you got to have a Rudy approach. You got to go out there and you got to make sure all my teammates hate me, but what they do know is they respect me and they know that I'm going to go hard and I'm out here opening the eyes of these coaches. So Rudy approach is how these free agents is going to make this team. And the crazy thing you say that, Jalen Richard had that Rudy approach when he was a rookie, and apparently he's still applying that today because people are saying he is going hard. Like, these are games. Like, going hard at practice because he probably knows the running backs right now, the, some of those guys like Devontae Brooker, Rod Smith, you know, some of those guys are turning heads. And yeah. maybe his roster spot isn't as safe as he thought. Absolutely. At the same time, he also got paid this offseason. But you, you, I feel like he's just setting a really good example for that running back group So, and for the team in general. But not only that, man, you, you still want to have an opportunity to get in there and do your job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, making the team just ain't enough. You know what I mean? I made the team. I led the team in touchdowns. I led the team in catches. New coach coming. I get cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you want to go out there and you want to be able to sh- to get some carries, be the guy behind Josh Jacobs to let them let them know, like, okay, shoot, I'm I'm fighting for another contract, or you know, I want to show people what I can do. It's not just, hey, I made the team and I'm the fourth running back, and then the next season I'm cut. You know what I mean? So hey, you want to make sure that you letting the coaches know that hey, if it ain't Josh Jacobs, it's me. You know, period. Yeah, no doubt about that. At Dust Matt eighty five, love the show. Who do you think makes the most receptions this year, and why? So I think the most yards is going to be Henry Ruggs. You know, but he's not going to get the most receptions. He's going to have the most yards though. But let's be honest. Derek Carr loves his tight ends. I'm going with Darren Waller. I think that's easy. Waller had 90 catches last season, and I think that that trend is basically going to continue, that Waller is going to be the the reception leader on the Raiders. I'm going with a surprise, surprise, and I'm going with Hunter Renfro. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going with Hunter Renfro. Now, I might be a Hunter catches for 100 yards. You know what I mean? <laughs> But, but I'm going Renfro. with Hunter Renfro. And, and that being said is we all know 
like I said, when I seen him last year at training camp, I said he's the next next Wells Welker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's just crafty. He knows how to run routes. He's all right? reliable. Right now, the right now the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos secondary they all working on their backpedal because they know Henry Ruggs coming. They know Darren Waller coming. They know Tyrell Williams coming. They know Nelson Aguilar coming. So they in their backpedal. Who does that leave over here getting all these little scraps and all that underneath one on one coverage? Hunter Renfro. <laughs> so I'm saying Hunter Renfro leads the team this season in catches. Okay. I like that, actually. He's going to appreciate that as well. They call him third and Renfro. There it is. And what is the other thing? Um, crap. It had to do with jackpot. Renfro. Didn't you see that on, on Twitter? Damn it. I don't even know now. I can't. Right, you know they I, just posted it. You know oh, oh, oh. Slot machine. <laughs> oh, the slot machine. There we go. Vegas. Oh, that's even more. Hey, yeah, Vegas. I know. Vegas and the slot, slot machine. machine. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. Okay. At Noob619. Fantasy football is coming. Which Raider receiver are you drafting? <laughs> this is actually funny because it says, if you have the first pick in your league, who are you drafting first? Ruggs, Williams, Edwards, Renfro, Aguilar. If you have the first pick in your league, I ain't drafting none of these guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to take a chance on rugs, but you know, but I'm not going to take a chance on on a rookie. So, can I draft somebody else from another team? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going anybody there first. No, no. <laughs> Darren no, Waller, no. maybe, but that's still a stretch. You could get Darren Waller yeah. in like the second uh, round or something. You don't know. Uh, you don't. Know who's, don't know who day it's going to be. So basically, you're saying you ain't going with none of them. Yeah, none of them, because I don't know. I don't know what whose day it's going to be. You know, one day it could be Henry Ruggs, the next day it could be Edwards, the next day it could be Renfro, the next game it could be uh, Waller. I don't know. So I ain't touching none of them until probably third round. All right, Kid Santi wants to know, is this Derek Carr's last year in silver and black if he cannot lead the team to the playoffs? Well, Kid Santi, we talked about this on the last podcast, so go back and listen. Uh Um, We did mention, you know, if his numbers are ridiculous and the offense balled out, but the defense stunk up the place and they missed the playoffs, no, he's still going to be on the team. But if he does what he is capable of doing and the defense can be middle of the pack, they will make the playoffs and we will not be having this conversation. But if he stinks up the place and they miss the playoffs, then yeah, the Raiders are going to move on from him. He's done. But guess what? That's not happening, right, JJ? It's not happening. I ain't answering this question. I didn't hear his question. Okay, I ain't answering all right, question. all right, because we did discuss it on the last podcast. So, Kid Santa, yeah. go ahead and look. Okay, last, very last one. At Raiders four W's. Hey, that means what four W? Why do you say it? at Raiders four W's? That means four wins or what? <laughs> okay. Anyways, I don't know what that means. Okay, a lot of talk so far is about how much faster and more talented the Raiders look on the defensive side. Assuming the defense takes a step forward and Carr clicks. With his offense, what is the next step the team needs to make to win a Super Bowl? Now, we mentioned it kind of earlier that, you know, they got to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. So to do that, in my opinion, we talked about having a middle-of-the-pack defense, right? So in my opinion, the next step, building a Super Bowl winning defense is the next step the Raiders have to take. So I think that's going to take a couple of years. Well, I mean, he said if the Raiders defense takes another step, the next step. So what are we saying? The next step is what? 15th ranked defense or something? I mean, okay. I mean, to be honest with you, if they do that, I think there is no next step after that. If you have the offense that you say you're supposed to have, running this football with Josh Jacobs behind that big O-line, arguably the best O-line in football, 
You got arguably one of the best tight ends in the game, one of the fastest wide receivers, a talented receiver core. So you have everything you want on offense. If that defense takes the next step and gets to the middle of the pack, then that's it. The, no. Yeah, you may okay. yeah, you may down the line add a little different air, you know what I mean, to, to to elevate your defense. But if you have a top 15 defense and up and your offense is supposed to be explosive the way you say it's supposed to be explosive, then once you get in the playoffs and you playing like that, who knows? Who knows? But if you make it into the playoffs strictly off the offense clicking and you the you the thirty second ranked defense, I mean, then we know it's gonna be a quick exit. But if you in if you in the fifteen, man, I think, hey, they chances as good as anyone. Okay. But so at the same time his question fine. but his question was the next step specifically for the team to win a Super Bowl. You think that's still fifteen? I do, if the offense does what they need to do. Okay. I do. I think if I have a 15-ranked defense and they get some takeaways, they get some stops, I mean, obviously that's smack dad in the middle of the pack, and I, I got a top-five offense, you know what I mean? That, that could get it done, you know what I mean? But is the defense going to be consistently and be able to keep up with that top-15 rank? But, I mean, yeah, you want to be in the top-10, you want to have all these defenses, but if you're up there in the middle of the pack in these defenses um, and, and you're getting turnovers and things like that, I mean – Hey, one game at a time, one game at a time. But right now we know from, from, from the past, we know that the Raiders ain't going to stop nobody. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. even if, even if the offense did go out there and, and play lights out, when the playoffs come, we like, shoot, they're going to be in trouble because they ain't stopped nobody all year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. So, you know, if the defense takes the next step, that is the next step, sir. Okay. <laughs> Well, the next step after that, in my opinion, you can't be mad if they are really going to try and build, though, a Super Bowl winning defense either. If they're trying to build a top 10, top 5, I mean, that's what you want. But you're saying that you're basically going to be pleased and satisfied with the top 15 defense. That's what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for setting in your questions. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. If you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace. Hey, <laughs> me again, Raider Cody. And if you made it this far and you still have not left a rating or a review for Keeping It 300 with Fallon Smith and James Jones, stop right now. Stop what you're doing. Jump on your Apple Podcast app. Leave that five-star rating for this amazing podcast. But I'm here to deliver one last message before we go. And that's with Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And go Raiders. Just win, baby.
I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.